Football is a game of aesthetics. It's all about what does it look like? Football is a game of tradition. The man who wins the penalty can't take it. <laughs> Football is a game of passion. Oh, bollocks, Villa have scored. And that is why we love it. Fuck me, why is this stupid game back? I think that was a real low point for me in my life. It's time to turn the volume down. Goals scored by new signings are the only ones that count. Penalties don't count. And Mamoru Saku having an absolute howler. That doesn't count either. The worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. He's oh, a fraud. Sedan's a fraud. Everyone's favourite statistical fraud. Brendan Rodgers. All about the aesthetics, that's what Absolutely. I like to see. That is just a bit of stat padding. Individual sport masquerading as a team game. Look at his Instagram, he's the ultimate beat of me. BBC Sport decided to advertise their TikTok account. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better than that. Hello and welcome down to the floodlights this week on the show. It was FA Cup weekend for the Premier League boys and if you, like me, made the understandable decision not to tune into the games, the long and short of it is that some teams went through and other teams didn't. Uh, now that that's been sufficiently analysed, we'll discuss how important or not the FA Cup actually is. Michael Oliver's saucy tell-all interview with the Daily Mail talks death threats, VAR mistakes and being on a first-name basis with Harry Kane. The Premier League's got some new COVID protocols for the players to break and Kieran Trippier's in the mud. My name's Darren Scott and I'm joined virtually by Bailey Hutchinson, Chris Ringland. Boys, how's the sanity holding up? Yeah, uh, great weekend of football. Was it? Yeah, absolutely. Cannot beat FA Cup third round weekend. I thought Early it was... January. I love it. I mean, I thought the government should be ashamed of themselves calling a <laughs> national lockdown the exact week and, and putting it into law the exact week that it's FA Cup weekend. I know. What, a, what a shambles. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Especially one week after we tried to null and void the Premier League. We got... Well, well, you tried to null and void the Premier League. <laughs> I, I, just few, I don't think we did. There's a few managers out there who want it null and voided. I sent you guys the video today of Chris Wilder coughing in a press conference. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like, as we mentioned there, it was it was FA Cup weekend. Uh, round three? Third round. <laughs> round three? Round three? Yeah, yeah. round three, round Darren. Three. Um, this is the round when the Premier League teams come in, Darren. Of course, of course. Um, if anyone hasn't been able to um, sort of pick up from, from the, the start of this podcast, I, I didn't watch a great deal of it. I watched a total of 61 minutes of FA Cup football this weekend. I watched uh, about an hour of the, the Liverpool game. Um, I saw the first sort of five, ten minutes, then went for dinner uh, and came back and saw sort of towards the tail end of the first half and, and most of the second half. I then saw one minute of the Tottenham game uh, I turned on right as Lucas Moura was lining up a free kick. He then scored that free kick and I immediately turned off. Because I was like, well, okay. So the only reason I turned on was to see the state of the pitch, which I'll get into when we talk about the FA Cup. Um, but I suppose, you know, having not watched the games, is there anything that you guys want to talk about? Any of the games that I really should know about? Yeah, I mean, the Marine Tottenham game was a particular highlight for a number of reasons. Um, mismatch ever in the cup. Oh, oh yeah I mean my highlight of the entire weekend was the fact that they had like there was no there was no dugout for the managers so they just like got a wee fold out chair and sat at the side of the pitch in the pouring rain where Mourinho Jose Mourinho just sat there uh, with his wee snood mask thing while Gareth Bale sat beside him under a blanket <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's a sight to see, a ninth division team or whatever, and we've got Gareth Bale and Jose Mourinho cold while everybody's breaking COVID rules outside, trying to see them. Oh, and there's would, Gareth. You would think they would roll the red carpet out for at least those two. I've got a respect for them. I've seen uh, pictures of the Spurs lot. Their changing room isn't a changing room. Obviously, they go with regulations now. The Spurs lot had to get changed in the club bar. 
<laughs> Did they? Is that, is that true? It, it was the only space big enough <laughs> that Marine had nearby. I love that no, no. semi-professional team didn't have a second changing room, but clearly have a bar big enough to fit the <laughs> first team in. <laughs> now, am I right in saying that Tottenham usually play in their stadium's NFL changing rooms? That's that's now the setup because yeah. of COVID. Yeah, huge, so, huge space for sixty men. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, when you watched it, like, you thought, oh, well, you know, they'll get they'll get the half chance, and you know, of course, like, it only came early in the game when, <laughs> when Joe Hart nearly conceded about ten minutes in with some ripper from a guy who's apparently a trainee plumber. Yeah, um, but then <laughs> the, the rest of the game, like, you know. What was the score? What did it finish? It was, it five. was only five. Only uh, it was only five. five. Only five. They just couldn't get anywhere near. And like, Musa Suzuko was just like plowing through everybody. And then their striker up front clearly had like something about him because he knew when to, you know, give a wee shirt pull there and a wee, a wee too much elbow there, you know. No, type he's been thing. watching Kane, mainly, well, probably. Yeah. If he ever got the opportunity, if someone was up in the air, probably take the legs out from underneath them. <laughs> Treat Harry Kane style. You say, Chris, that, that they couldn't get near them. I'd like to hope not, Tristan. <laughs> like, if I played, for whatever reason, 90 minutes against a Premier League player, I wouldn't want to walk off the pitch after that and think, oh yeah, you know what, I held my own in that. That would actually make me feel worse in the long run. If I'm playing with a Premier League footballer, I want to walk off the pitch saying, yeah, that guy's a different animal. Like he, yeah. we didn't just play the same sport. <laughs> I do love it's one of my favorite things about the cup is watching that golfing class because every now and then watching Premier League over and over, you do become a bit numb to how good these guys actually are. Mm. Yeah, so, like a lot of stick you get through at Delhi Alley, and then you'll watch Delhi Alley against plumbers and bin men, mm. and you'll go, "Oh no, that that's why he's like." On the fringe of the England squad. Yeah. And it's still like, hanging about. These guys are unbelievable. Well, yeah, it's like we've talked about in previous shows. The benchmark for Premier League football is sort of 98, 99, 100 points. And anyone yeah. in our eyes who doesn't meet that benchmark of 100 points a season stinks. And you kind of do get that perspective a well, little bit of, oh, no, these guys are, they're, they're good at football. Yeah, because even uh, two-point Sheffield United actually got a win this weekend. It was a tough watch that. It was a tough watch that the Br- Bristol Rovers had them for a wee while. You say that like the rest of the weekend was an easy watch. <laughs> I mean, well, well, let, well, let's, well, let's get there, Darren, because I think for a while you's actually struggled to beat Aston Villa's kids. I didn't. BB. Struggle to beat, I didn't struggle to beat anyone. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's against the BB. <laughs> I saw. Yeah, it's. I mean, it was a weird one. Um, it was the. Do you know what I don't like? And this what? is, I'm I'm not liked coming into this pod like this because I'm really worried that I'm going to come across like a prick, and I don't intend to. <laughs> Never. But, <laughs> but they talked the entire game. All they talked about was you know how well these kids did and and God, oh look at them they've, they've had their big. I wonder when I've heard that before when the entire first team's unavailable. Hmm. I wonder when I've heard that before for a club. It. Yeah, well, hmm. but that that's the point I'm making. It's like these kids, they didn't do well. Like doing well relative to relative to their age, yeah, sure. But if you watch that game, those kids are a million miles away from the standard. If that well, was a Premier League team and not, they children, were one one for a while. <laughs> 
But if that was a Premier League team, like take away those players, put in Premier League footballers, and the performance was exactly the same, you would be slating that Premier League team, saying Liverpool have just given that team the runaround. Yeah, because they're not 15 years old. Yeah, but that's the point I'm making. But So then why are we all saying, oh, these kids did so well? They did so well for their level of ability. Just, just to bring it back, right? Last season, before COVID, Liverpool, because they were too good and they were in too many competitions, played in the Club World Cup or whatever it's called. I ended up Which having... I ended up was it literally Aston Villa was that the team yes, they played? Yes, it was Aston Villa. Um, they had to play Aston Villa and they played like all their you know all their apparently young players like Nat Phillips and all who are actually like twenty three. Nat Phillips um, did not play that game. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The Williams um, boys, all, all all those guys, yeah, and you know, and everyone's like, oh, you know, they were they were brilliant. You know, doing yeah, it. But I disagree with team, that. Well, they the got beat five 0 They weren't brilliant. <laughs> they were a million miles off the standard. That's the point. Listen, like it was, just, it was, it was just great to see. Although, to be fair, apparently the guy that scored for Villa was apparently a Barcelona before this, so he has some caliber to come back. Yep. My yeah. takeaways were that, you know, we're talking about again, just sort of it shows you the difference is that from sixty-five minutes onward, very few of them could stand up. Very few of them well, could run. To be fair, these boys haven't played since the start of December. <laughs> know, but that's the point I'm saying. We're all they're playing Mo Salah and Sally Mane. Exactly. You're not playing the full team. I know, and like I said to you, when Liverpool scored three minutes into the game, I think I texted you boys saying they need to step on throats here. This needs to be a character building session for these teenagers. <laughs> need but, to learn. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the only way. But again, they're talking about how well they did. All I learned, they're not fit enough. <laughs> You talk, but but the, their point in this youth team, and, and I'm being harsh on them, and it's kind of for a joke. But the point I'm making is that these kids, the best of these kids, is are, are trying to push through into that first team, and I think that will have been an eye opener. Need to get fitter. Need to get better at football because they were eleven men camped around the box. I'm not knocking what they did, and they're big there. It was great. The commentators were talking about they've waited for this moment for ages. You know, a chance to play at the senior team. They weren't playing in the senior team. They were playing in the normal team. It's not like that. One of them had come through and done really well in the youth ranks and was now running about with Grealish and Co. It was just well, well, through yes. circumstance the whole yeah. team got thrown in against Liverpool. And well, it's a horrible yeah. one, and I'll, I'll talk about this later on when we're talking about the Cup, because there's no enjoyment in it. You're watching it and Liverpool score four, and you're going, yeah, they, they bloody well should score four. They should score more than that, truthfully. But, and that's <laughs> the point. It's like, it's a lose-lose. It's, if you beat them, you're expected to beat them. There's no The reason we watch football is for that deep, visceral emotion. You don't get an emotion. You, you win the game and you're like, yeah, they probably should have won that. And equally, on the flip side, if you lost it, you wouldn't care because it's pointless. <laughs> I, I don't think I obviously that. don't care about the cup. Steve Bruce was against the game going ahead. <laughs> cool. See this? He said, oh, it makes a mockery of the FA Cup. Why is Premier League games, why are they being rescheduled for COVID? And yet Liverpool have gone and played 15 years. Because Liverpool won't have wanted that. Ach. Liverpool have wanted to put a sub-rate team out against the real Villa team, get put out of the competition and not well, have to worry about it. Well, you say that. About a sub-rate team going out. They were playing 15-year-olds and put out <laughs> the first-teamers and then bring on Bobby Firmino. Yeah. <laughs> this is from a manager who's been gurning about congestion all year. I know! And he has a chance against the boys' brigade. <laughs> <laughs> Nine days rest in between games, though. 
<laughs> oh, so there is no problem then? Right, well, right. Not, problem if, you have, if you have nine days rest between any game, then there's no problem, because that's a completely adequate amount of time to recover. It's no right. bother, whenever Jurgen's complaining about appearances at the end of the season, well, minus one for this. I, so uh, yeah. I, it, yeah. Doesn't count. But I mean, the best part of the third round as well is when Premier League teams get smacked. Um, it was great Love to it. see. Um, we, ha- we, we had a lot of pushback. First of all, um, I had a lot of pushback in particular about <laughs> about my inclusion of Jack Harrison <laughs> in the Under the Footlights half team of the season. I think many would say rightly so on that pushback. No, but, but possibly I would say the rest of the team is <laughs> is a is a fair and legitimate uh, team. The pushback uh, started with Bailey and I in the episode <laughs> and ended probably about ten minutes ago when you last put down your phone. <laughs> As we, as we're actually recording, I've had another message on my phone by Jack <laughs> Harrison. Um, we got a, we got a bizarre amount of uh, chat about Leeds before their game. I don't know why this is like from some you know some big listeners of the pod, obviously, but they got absolutely rinsed by Crawley Town. It's, it's what the was the cor- corny curse? Three nil. Three nil to Crawley, and it was a um, like first like first team players it was, it was a bit almost the strongest one other than uh our good friend melee the keeper he didn't play oh, yes. now we know why he starts because the guy casilla ex-real madrid i think he's got three champions leagues under his belt <laughs> well horrendous. champions leagues Bailey. i mean he, he sat and watched them i mean he hung about yeah but he's, he's got still a medal as a keeper he's got a medal they all count you look at know. that starting lineup, and that is a Leeds first team, pretty much. And even at half time, whenever clearly BLS is going, oh, we're in a game here today, he brings on team of the season, Jack Harrison. <laughs> Save the day. <laughs> and unfortunately, that turns into a 3 0 defeat to a team. To be fair, there was one of the goals was unbelievable. The guy's dribble from outside the box kind of turns through a few players. It mm. was. A reasonable standard of goal. Yeah. So so, so Leeds got smacked. <laughs> yeah. So Leeds got smacked. Uh, West Brom got smacked. Um, and basically Brighton got smacked, even though they won. Because Br- <laughs> Brighton, the one on penalties against um, who was it? <laughs> Newport, um, after they conceded in the 96th minute. <laughs> yeah, that Brighton game was an absolute disgrace. Because I was trying to go to sleep last night. I was watching a bit of the NFL, actually. Right. Completely different time zone. Half ten, and that game is still going on. Because half ten? Half ten at night. I look at my phone and see Brighton Twitter putting out updates. of how going, This is too late for a game of football. This should have been wrapped up hours ago. Yeah, what do we think about um, goalkeepers being like the hero in the penalty shootout after they are the one who have caused the penalty shootout? <laughs> what do we stand on that? I quite liked it this weekend The from a goalkeeper's perspective of a lot of them, especially like some of the horrible grounds that they were at, knew they were able to get away with coming off their line. Oh, oh did they? no VAR. Exactly, no but There's VAR at some and not at others? Yeah, VAR was only ah. at the games, the Premier, like a Premier League grounds. I like that. So as you went, no parody. As, as you played some of like the lower league teams, you were able to get away with the dark arts of the game. <laughs> um, on goalkeepers being heroes in a shootout, I think it depends because, 
it's all about like we talk about it's all about how it looks like mm. there's some terrible penalty takers out there yes so i think it depends on on the saves themselves um i always wonder and i don't know this because i'm not a goalkeeper but how much of penalties from a goalkeeping perspective comes down to just a guess or how much of it is a skill and i don't know because i've never been between the between the posts but like when you're standing watching a guy hit and watching him run up to the ball like is it just oh i'm gonna guess left or you know how much of it is guesswork and how much of it is like a process that they can work out i suppose that would probably determine it for me Okay, it's a couple of video sessions of their main penalty takers the week before with the goalkeeping coach. That's what it all is. I kind of get that. That makes sense in like the Premier League, Champions League, maybe later on in the Cup, whenever you have a lot of footage of these guys. I wonder how much footage West Brom were looking up of Blackpool's penalty takers. Listen, if if someone's going to get footage, Bielsa will. Bielsa will get the footage of whoever it is. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Bielsa's fine. I'm wondering about Big Sam here. Yeah, I think um, if Crawley had made it to penalties, Bielsa probably had somebody with the binoculars there at training that week <laughs> anyway, so they probably knew the order of the penalty takers and everything. Five for five, near the time the subs were coming on. But my my favourite part of the, the weekend as well in that uh, Marine Spurs match was the fact that, that Liverpool offered Marine. So, so this team, Marine, are in Liverpool, as I understand. And they Liverpool <laughs> offered Marine their tactical analysis of Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> now, what 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 what's what's the plumber up front going to do with that? Like, let, let's be honest. Like, yeah. Oh, Toby Alderweireld. Oh, uh, you know he can spray those passes, but once every fifteen, he, he turns the other way. Yeah. Well, like yeah, impressive. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much they would. Have. The one thing I did see floating about the internet from the Spurs Marine game was, um, and it kind of summed up the FA Cup really for me was, um, <laughs> was Deli Ali just falling over and then spending the next two minutes laughing at himself with the bench. Him and Gareth. Gareth thought this was great crack. Fell over apparently near the Spurs touchline, and uh, instead of getting on with the game, took a minute to have a cheeky laugh with the boys in the bench. Marine actually have an interesting thing in the summer so I don't know if you've seen this but they were to try and raise some funds they were selling virtual tickets oh I think goodness. they sold about what does that mean it's, it, was, it was basically £10 donations but they could turn around and say oh, we had a 17,000 attendance so, does anyone want to have a virtual audience at our podcast get a few <laughs> few tenors in we're not getting 17,000. <laughs> nonsense, that is. But, Chris, but lower league you... clubs need money to survive. They're just yeah. asking for a bit of support from the fans. <laughs> but what, uh, if you put in a tenner, you uh, were then entered into a raffle. And one of the prizes for this raffle is to be manager of Marine in pre-season this summer. <laughs> it's quite interesting because Jose Mourinho has bought a ticket. <laughs> oh, no. Now, if I'm at Marine, obviously you want the whole thing to be qu- quite clear and to be fair to people, because people put it in might want the chance. But if I'm sat there as a Marine player, I'm going, get me Jose Mourinho. Yeah. I, I, I want to experience what it's like to have a week training with him and just see it. Because I reckon Jose would do it. Yeah, and if they're playing it, if they're playing it with the heads, I mean that you know they'll get a bit of press again around that. It'll cause a bit of a stir, a few videos for Instagram and exactly. stuff like it. Right. It just sort of that that seems to Instead make sense. Of Bob from accounts, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just I think of Tuesday, Dan. Um, 
moving on, something we did want to talk about a little bit, the FA Cup. It's kind of some of the... It's come under a bit of flack, rightly or wrongly, in the last couple of years. Um, probably for, you know, quote-unquote bigger teams fielding weak insides and, and sort of viewing it as a less important competition if they're going well in the Premier League or the Champions League or whatever. Not me. Not you. And... Um, if we were going to have a, a bit of a sit down debate on on reasons for the FA Cup versus reasons against, I mean, where do you guys sit on that sort of argument? Which side? There is no argument. Not argument, but you know what I mean. There's no right or wrong. But oh like, no, no, I'm your... I'm saying it's a it's crazy to think that we should get rid of it. I love the third round. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't want to get rid of it, but like I didn't watch this week. You, you do though. <laughs> no, I don't want to get rid of it because, like, I, I'm happy just not watching it. But there, like, there are so many. There are this is so because many. Because Darren's club don't take it seriously. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched Liverpool go on a cup run in years. No, no, <laughs> right. I, I'm going to stop you right there, Darren. I'm going to stop you right there, right? You see, in the years, um, so in Premier League history, right, it was always Arsenal and United. So it was never Liverpool, right, and Chelsea and all that, right? So you see that period after 2006, right? When before before Brendan Rogers Klopp, right? That that dark era where you were awful and came like seventh or eighth every I year, wasn't right? Anything. Right? Jay Spearing. How Jay Spearing, how much did people hark back to Liverpool winning the FA Cup in two thousand six against West Ham when Gerard scored that goal? I don't know if they did or not. They would only have had to go a year. Darren. They'd have only Darren, had, come they'd, on! They'd have only had to go back another year to talk about winning a real trophy. <laughs> Darren, During people people talked about that FA Cup for basically a decade. But it's it's one of those the Gerard final. It's one of those. Listen, we've talked on this program before about people who turned up in finals and won Ballon d'Or. <laughs> um, it's one of those. Listen, if you win it. It's brilliant because it's a trophy. It's the oldest cup competition in football, I think, globally. Is, is that right? It's up there. Um, Pele probably has. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get the uh, you get the day out at Wembley. You get a trophy. Fans love it. Like brilliant. If you win it, brilliant. But it's one of those. If you don't win it, it's kind of like preseason tournaments now, where people kind of turn their nose up. Oh, if you don't win it, the, I think that the worst thing would be to give it a real go and lose in the final would be the worst thing. But like if you go out in the third round, it's like. Don't really care. Push on. If you win another trophy, you're happy enough. Um, but I mean, some of my issues, um, I guess with it, and and this is more from a fan's perspective. This isn't as a player because I mean I can't speak to that. But from a fan's perspective, and the reason I don't watch it, pitches are awful. I I mean I turned on to that Spurs Marine game. That was that was, and this is the problem. The FA Cup angle as well. If, yeah, well, and I'll oh, get on to that. If you're playing at some of these. <laughs> lower down clubs in England you're essentially playing in a park somewhere and it's bobbly <laughs> and the pitch is, is well it hasn't been cut probably since the tie has been announced they either haven't watered it in months or the complete opposite and have saturated it that day so that the ball doesn't move um, the camera angles because a lot of these places aren't massive Premier League stadiums obviously the camera angle is a bit like Craven Cottage where it's so low down you can't see anything that's happening on the far side of the pitch if the ball's over there you may as well get up and go and make a cup of tea because you'll see nothing that's a problem um, 
we talked about the, the commentators that create these sort of ridiculous story arcs. The magic of the FA Cup's a marketing concept. It's a nonsense. It's, uh, this is where I'm with you, Darren. This is where I'm with you. You know, it's pitches that haven't been cut. It's, you know, they've, they've drawn the lines out sort of to the, complete, the, the no, I don't like the grass you watch it and it's like, oh, that ball needs to roll quicker. It's no, like this is you see it fizzing around Premier League stadiums, and you go to this and it bobbles over people's feet and stuff, and you're just thinking, no, "Listen, Yuck. listen, en- enough of the grass." The real issue is because people like the BBC go on and on about, "Oh, what an upset!" Right? It ha- like they're not upsets anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Lower league teams beat Premier League teams. Yeah, it, like w- you know, that's not an upset anymore. Like, but what I don't like about it is that. Like the Premier League is very binary. You're either good or you stink. And, and the great thing about the Premier League is like I can open up Google, find a result of a game, and without even watching that game, I can make an assumption on what the team who lost was like. The problem with the FA Cup is there's too, it's too much of a grey area because to understand what's happened, you talk about the Leeds Crawley game. I had to have gone and searched what team did Leeds put out? Did they put out the first team or did they put out the reserves? <laughs> um, you know, things like were they down 10 men early? Was it something along, um, on, along those sorts of lines I'll give you all the the camera angle one I think especially <laughs> for the Lucas Moura free kick oh yes uh, yeah, that's yeah. not a great angle for the show us that free kick going in it kind of anytime a free kick goes in it's it should be quite a spectacular thing you know you're scoring right side the box over a wall it was that low down the keeper was that bad it just yeah. took <laughs> It just looked like the guy was just pinging it. Like it looked like there was no effort at all. Like as soon as I, I, I saw that game, like, and I was like, "This is it." And they say in the commentary, "Oh, no keeper in the world would have saved that." I, I mean, <laughs> like, they definitely I can would think have. Of a few. And that's the thing; they jumped to these hyperboles. And like I said before, you know, I, there isn't any enjoyment in watching the game. You watch Premier League games because it gets your heart going and you get really into it. You know, you, if I take the Liverpool game, like Liverpool should be putting a few past the team who all turned up in courses with L plates on them. Like, <laughs> you're not going to celebrate that victory. No, see that—that's where I quite. That's one of the things I love that's, about the cup. Darn. Actually, the Premier League watching it week in week out as a fan can be so stressful. Like I okay. recently Chelsea's results over Christmas. It was tough to watch. You know, I can't be bothered with this. Stressful. And then I see at the weekend, I see Kai Havertz and Timo Werner li- lining up against Morecambe. I was like, well, we're in for an easy ninety minutes here. It was just nice to sit back on. I know this lot are going to get slapped about and the boys can stop out of it. It was just a nice relaxing 90 minutes. Yeah, it. but it's just, I, w- I watch football because I want to feel something. Well, da- I don't feel anything Darren, during these games. Darren, it, you, it, you, Darren, you feel something when Wigan, when Wigan win the FA Cup with Ben Watson scoring exactly. the winner against Man City. I can City. honestly say I felt nothing when Wigan won the FA Cup. Oh, God's a load of nonsense. When Portsmouth <laughs> won the FA Cup, when Birmingham destroyed Arsenal and won the League Cup. Like, those are great moments in English football history. Or last season, Billy Gilmore giving Fabinho a teaching <laughs> in the fourth round. Now, the, the real yes. tragedy about Wigan is, though, that Wigan, have, have they got relegated the same season. And then there was a whole debate about that, about, oh, well, do you prioritise the cup or do you prioritise the staying up? And now that they're <laughs> going to get relegated in the League 2 this season. So, there we are. Well, well they had that Europa League run, thanks to the FA Cup. Yes. There you go, another, another benefit. 
that's the other part, Darren, of the magic of the FA Cup <laughs> is championship teams in the Europa League, like Birmingham and Wigan. But I don't want to see that. <laughs> you get into Europe by being one of the top teams in your domestic league. Yeah, they won the FA Cup. But this is Europa League, though. Listen, these are top teams. Let's talk about it. These are Listen, Eastern what? European farmers. No. Listen, Wigan's Europa League run. Like, come on, Darren. That's I just think this weekend, okay, the UK is in the worst state of COVID that it's been in. We're talking about essential travel only. Are you honestly telling me that Spurs taking a 432-mile round trip to play some part-timers from Merseyside, which they were always going to win, is that essential travel? Yes. <laughs> that, game, that game could have easily been cancelled. Spurs could have been given the go-ahead to go on through, and we could have stopped any of that sort of interacting and infecting each other. No, this is the FA Cup has to go ahead. It's all about tradition, Darren. I mean, I've come up with a few ways that I think would make it more interesting. Um, oh, here we go. I will preface these by saying I would not like it with these changes because I'm a purist of the game and I want to see good football. That's another thing. Like you see the FA Cup, people time waste from ten minutes ten. It's not a good watch. So I tried to. <laughs> That's come up with, hilarious, though. Well, I tried to come up with some ways to make it at least more interesting. I still wouldn't like it, but they'd be more interesting. Is one of these get Jurgen Klopp to take it seriously? No, no, not, not at all. Not at all. Uh, just, just like change the rules. Like play seven aside with fly nets. <laughs> Also, is fly nets a Northern Irish colloquialism, or will people understand what I mean when I say that? No. Okay, fly nets, i.e., there's no goalkeeper and anyone can play nets. Last man back is free to use his arms. It's a something that was weaponized. At if, sort if, of if you hit one time. in, you're in. Um, <laughs> Goal winner. So something like that. Or if you're playing a team from, from a lower tier, like if you're a Premier League team playing a championship team, the championship team starts 1-0 up. If it's another league lower, 2-0. Like Marine, I don't know how many leagues they are below Spurs, but they could have had like a four or five goal head start. Just make it a bit interesting, give them a handicap. Or we introduce something like they've done in cricket and ice hockey par plays. 10 minutes in each half where like something, you know, you maybe play with a 12th player on the pitch, something like that. <laughs> You know, just give me something that... I, Mascots. Something that gives a bit, man. Of, a bit of interest to me. You know, you have like one of those big spin the wheel things before the game, Aye. whatever it lands on, you maybe get like, oh, one of their players starts with a yellow card or something. Like, just give me some interesting stuff just to make me want to watch it. If you score a goal, then you're able to maybe like try and hit the crossbar from 20 yards. If you hit it, it counts as two. Like, just... <laughs> Let's try and bring the FA Cup into the 21st century. Get the, the TikTok generation watching it. I would allow this in the League Cup. We're <laughs> well, not going yeah. to disgrace No, it'd be like the Carabao Cup. <laughs> you know that energy drink that isn't actually even really available in most of the UK? Is it the no, Carabao but, Cup? I thought it was the EFL. Check a trophy. I just thought get you wired. Yeah, I, I don't think any of those changes would do it for the purists of the game. Certainly, the people in this podcast no, wouldn't be this, watching this, it. But this wouldn't happen on BBC One. No, but just you know, a little bit, a little bit of interest, you know. But but Darren, just briefly, what what is your opinion on that check a trade trophy where the Premier League under twenty one teams take part in a group with like Mansfield, Grimsby, and Morecambe? Honestly, first I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no firm opinion at this stage I'm a big fan of it Chris <laughs> I, West Ham tend to go out in the group stage every year as far as I'm aware it's a good idea but I, I would quite like this this is one of these things if you ever meet certain people you always wonder how you would interact I would love Darren to meet Prince William head of the FA 
and to present him these ideas of just so you know, I want uh, whenever Tottenham score a goal against Marine for Tottenham to lose a player every time they score. <laughs> haven't, haven't thought of that one actually. It's a great one. Listen, if if Prince William wants to come on the pod and we can hash out some of these changes, I'm more than happy to to get involved. With <laughs> Big Bill. Um, so I think that'd be that'd be an interesting day. Um, do we want to talk about Michael Oliver? Aye. You seem ready to go. I haven't actually heard these comments. So, yeah, so Michael Oliver did a, a an interview, a rare interview with, um, I think it was the Mail on Sunday, and, I, and I've not sort of done a deep dive into where that falls under the umbrella of media, but in my head, it's, right leaning. it's on the Daily Mail. Yes. It is the the mail, I'm Mail. assuming the Mail on yeah. Sunday is uh-huh, yeah. the yeah. Sunday version of the Daily Mail. So I find this on the Daily Mail. Uh, he talked about loads and he actually came across really well. Um, talked to, sort of humanised referees a little bit, kind of weighed in on the whole VAR stuff and, and how it's become, in his opinion, this sort of new stick with which we beat referees with, um, rightly so. Um, <laughs> but a few interesting things that, it, that he brought up in it. He talked about... Um, Sometimes you kind of forget that these people are human. And he talked about like rece- him and his wife receiving death threats after he awarded... Do you remember he gave Real Madrid a penalty in the last minute against Juventus? Like, Buffon lost his shit. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. So, like, Michael... That was, that was a bad call. That no, was the worst, Well, he stands by. He said in this interview, he's like, I received death threats. It was the right call. I'd make it again. Oh, Michael. <laughs> Double down, good man. <laughs> Which I like. Yeah, I will take this to my grave. Um, but apparently he said like the weirdest thing was like somebody screamed in through his letterbox after that. <laughs> Which I would have thought like once you made it back to England, you were probably safe enough. Like, yeah, I didn't really dream or the Juventus, Juventus Ultras <laughs> rocking about. I think he's from like Tyneside somewhere. Um, he's a big Newcastle fan, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. So um, that's just standard behaviour in Newcastle. That's nothing that I. Yeah, well, <laughs> he talked head cases up there. He he talked about um, like how each referee has their own style. Um, so he I said this. he said like some referees, <laughs> even if they've been refing like for ten, fifteen, twenty years, they'll still like refer to the player that they're speaking to by their number. Love like that. they'll not humanize the player. It's Just like right. number ten <laughs> yellow card, right. where he was saying, "No, you know, I've been." I think the words, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, but it, he kind of had a comp- uh, mentioned things like, uh, "Yeah, I've I've refed in the league for ten years, you know. So if I'm booking any name drop, if if I'm going to book Harry Kane, I'm going to call him Harry, and he calls me Michael, and you're like, oh, first name basis with." Uh, Sir Kane, are you? Yeah, with the England cap, um, get yourself a couple of tickets. Yeah, I thought a bit of a name drop in the interview that, Mike. Um, he talked about um, the... he So he was refing the, the Liverpool-Everton game um, where Pickford. we had the, the Pickford. And he he talked about that in quite a lot of depth, actually, because he, he was um, sort of admitting that he was like, me and David Coote completely balls that up. So, so Coote was on VAR. Coote was on and, VAR. Michael yeah. Oliver was the on-pitch referee. And, and in the interview, he said, that is, hold my hand up, huge mistake. He said they got so confused and caught up in the process of how to use VAR because they were determining if there was like an offside in the build-up. And he says in the interview that he said to David Coote, if this is onside, I'm giving a penalty. And then, they, so they got caught up in determining whether it was onside or offside, and that took so long that once they determined that he was offside, he said it was a complete oversight. We just forgot to look at the challenge, and he said, they "Forgot? 
Yeah, he said once we determined that that that, um, that Van Dyke was offside, him and Coot forgot to then still go and look at the challenge to see oh if it was a dangerous challenge. So he goodness. said it was offside, so there shouldn't have been a penalty or anything. But he said Pickford should have seen red because it's a horrible challenge. Well, then give him a red. Yeah, so that's what that's what Michael Oliver was saying. He's like, if I was to go back into it again, it should have been a red card for Jordan Pickford for that mm-hmm. ta- challenge. Like, they've seen this man lying down the ground in agony and going, I don't know what happened there. Once they determined he was <laughs> offside, they just didn't look at it and, and he said that was that was a mistake. So I think Wow. That, I, you know what? I quite like that in a sense that he holds his hands up and says, you know, we cocked that one up and sorry about it. Another thing that he talked about, which was quite interesting, I thought was... Um, he talked about the, the referees needing to understand the teams that they're refing in order to ref in the best way possible. So the example that he used was when Stoke used to be in the league, he said Stoke didn't want to play advantage. If a Stoke player was fouled because their strength was like set pieces and things, um, he was saying like, if I was to let play go on at every given moment, that's actually not what Stoke wants. So for me to ref <laughs> the game in the best way possible, if Stoke have been fouled, the biggest advantage is to give them the free kick. So he said you have to go into games with knowledge of what teams want, which I thought was a little bit odd. He also talked about, um, like they asked him around, you know, what are your thoughts on sort of favouritism? And the, the fans often say, oh, that ref doesn't like this team or that ref doesn't like this player. And he said, like, the game goes by too quickly. You can't just say, I'm not going to book him because he's Harry Kane because the file has happened and you, well, you react could. in a second. And I thought this too. He was like, you react in a second. So he's like, I then can't. It just doesn't come into your mind who the player is. And I thought, that's a big lie. Fuck. Yeah, no, he's talking on his backside there. No, I'm not having that from him. I'm not having that. Uh, and he talked uh, the only other thing he said he wants to ref a World Cup final. Um, yeah. Was this not one of those weird things Clattenburg did? Because he's a weird dude. He has refed both. It's either both the Euro final and World Cup final, or no, it's Champions hard League web. in there. It's Champions League. He, no, yeah. no, no, but no, because it's definitely not hard web. The story because it has to be Clattenburg because the guy got tattoos. On both his calves of the trophies, you know I, I, th- the... I think he definitely refereed the Champions League final. Yeah, I think I've, that's what it was. I think I, know, I think I, I think you're right, Bailey. It's that weird like Olympics thing of if you go to an Olympics, you get the get the rings tattooed on you. The Olympics Flattenburg. don't like that. Really, you're not allowed to show if you turn up. You'll get disqualified from future Olympic events if you because you're not allowed to have like any branding on you, and even Ugh. if it's even if it's like you're not allowed any sponsorships or anything. Yeah. So even if if it's the Olympic rings, they're like, oh, you can't endorse that. So it has to be covered up if you're competing in the Olympics. I wonder if that's why then Klappenberg got put a lot of European football and sent to Saudi Arabia. But yeah, I mean, I'm all for referees doing interviews. I think that's kind of a part of the game that you just don't see it's risky too much for them. Of. It I... is risky for them, but I find all that stuff, like the side of football that you don't see anything of, I find yeah. that really quite interesting. Like that and tra- like you, I want to know like what goes on with a transfer. Yeah. Like you just, you'll, you never really see that. You kind of hear like, oh, at the start they're interested and you kind of assume it's like FIFA and you just send them a price and they say yes or no. Um, <laughs> but I'd love like a, an in-depth look at that whole process. I just think that's stuff that you don't really see in football and like all of that stuff really interests me. Get the referees to post-match interviews. Mm. Oh, that'd be great. Agenda. That would that'd be, be good. Great. That would be um, good. 
Speaking of so, transfers, yeah, um, uh, transfer window is open. We, we we unfortunately had to say goodbye to one of the, the great characters of the pod this Unfor- week. Unfortunately, um, because I mean, now he may be back for under the floodlights awards at the end of the season. I but thought, I thought um, you were going to say that he might be back as in he might be back in the Premier League, and I thought not yeah, based I, on the way he performed when he was here. Not not, not for a while. Not <laughs> for a while Sam's anyway. Um, no, I'm not really sure what the thinking is here. I'm pretty sure they still have like Class Jan Huntelaar and all in their books, but Ajax decided to sign Sebastian Haller from West Ham. I think the whole process took like less than 48 hours because all parties <laughs> were keen to get the deal done. Um, but uh, but Bailey, Haller put up quite an interesting um, post that, or his, his response to the transfer was quite interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, the guy put out that he's looking forward to going to the Ajax. Obviously, Ajax big club, good bit of history behind them. Well, he's looking forward to going to the Ajax to win titles and to win the Champions League. Now, I don't know if his agent or whoever's telling, whoever's in his ear has told him, Ajax are, came third in their group this year and will be playing on Thursday nights in the Europa League. So, Sebastian, you're a long way off here, pal. Like, yeah. you have to get through, you, like, he has to make sure these six months go well. Yes, because I've seen the top of the Dutch league, and it is quite tight between Ajax and PSV for once. So the guy can't go over there and put in the kind of performances he was putting in in the London Stadium, because this team actually no. need him to put the ball in the net every now and then. You probably will find it. I don't know against VVV Venlo. I imagine their defence aren't really <laughs> up to the same level as standard. Are they? I don't know. How much do West Ham lose on that deal? Um, around twenty-two million pounds in eighteen months. <laughs> oh, no, I, that's gotta hurt. I, I, I don't even think it's top five worst transfer dealings <laughs> that we've done in these, this decade on these owners. Like, um, I don't know if you remember Simone Zaza. Uh, um, yeah, Juve Italian yeah. world or Italian yeah. Euro penalty taker. Yeah, I mean that that was that that transfer window after we were two points off the Champions League uh, yeah. to play in the London Stadium in the next season, including this guy who. Um, he like missed a penalty for Italy or something. It was like the worst penalty miss of all time, and then he brought that to the London Stadium. That level of confidence. So uh, it, he was probably worse. But yes, twenty-two million we lost on him. So we signed him for oh. like forty-five million, which is a crazy, crazy amount of money. I mean, the only thing that not confuses me about the deal because you know I, I was part of a group chat with um, with a West Ham fan. Um, and when the Haller news broke, the message that that person sent into the group was, if he wants to go, I'll drive him to the airport, which I think <laughs> reflected the opinion of many West Ham fans. But he's been starting for West Ham for the last however many yeah, games. Yeah, because we don't have anybody said, else. Moyes said it wasn't planned. They said they yeah. all came in and they all kind of went, oh. Yeah, we'll, we'll take that, because this wasn't in any way. Because <laughs> that's the weird thing about the January window, is it's so tough to buy players, because typically people don't want to sell in January. They certainly don't want to sell people who have been regulars in their starting team. And West Ham seemed to have bucked that trend Buck. entirely. He was only a regular because Antonio would pull his hamstring. Yeah, but... <laughs> hmm. It'd be interesting to see if they... If they um... Or, well, them or anybody else. It'll be interesting to see if there is any business done in January this year. Obviously, yeah. with COVID and Brexit and stuff, I think it'll be a little bit more complicated for teams, know, won't it? You say Brexit, but Big Sam's brought in Bobby Snodgrass. <laughs> Has it? In the most Brexit signing ever from Big it, Sam. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I, I was sad to see Bobby go, but yeah, I, I can I can see why, you know. Mm. He's not a cup of tea of a player. 
Oh, you got to get Johnny Walters out of retirement. And we need to see what Burnley will do. Snodgrass left-footed. Yeah. Uh, See, that makes a difference. Yeah. You never describe anyone with a right foot as a wand. (laughs) Um, Bailey, who's in the mud this week? Well, funny you you were saying there about you want the inside scoop on the world of football transfers. Yeah. Because this week in the mud is Kieran Trippier. Trips. Sir Kieran Trips. Well, very nearly very Sir Kieran nearly. after the wonderful goal in the semi-final. But uh, the English FA, who oversee the Premier League and the Skybet Football League, have recently handed out a 10-game ban and £70,000 fine to Atletico Madrid's Kieran Trippier for breaking rules around betting, all surrounding the stuff around the transfer. And yep, that is correct. The English FA are trying to ban a man who plays in Spain. <laughs> and quite quite rightly, Atletico Madrid have turned around to the English FA and gone, nah. <laughs> and I, I really hope like here I won't be see the person who had to break this news to Simeone. Oh absolutely. Because I imagine Simeone's just sent them like a fax of remember that crotch grab celebration he had? <laughs> and kind of that Michael Jordan I'm back style. But uh so it's kind of that thing of what happens whenever he uh you need someone to sort this out. You know, you want a fair, balanced, non-corrupt organisation. So they've quite rightly taken it to FIFA. And uh, FIFA <laughs> have been given the text messages Kieran Trippier sent to his mates. So That's what it's all come from. Kieran Trippier's pals put on a few bets about Kieran going to Atletico due to inside information. So the first text exchange here is between Kieran and his friend Oliver, known as OH in this document. So OH text Kieran. This around the fifteenth of July, around the time Kieran was getting ready to move from Spurs, and OH text saying, uh, "How's it going, mate? Any developments today?" To which Trippier goes, "Yeah, all good, mate. It's all agreed. Just waiting for them to come to an agreement with the fee. Should be done tomorrow or defo Monday." OH responds, "That's class, mate. Is uh, is Levy going to be hard work or not? Do you reckon?" Trippier says, "They need to sell, so it should go straight through anyway." OH, hopefully, mate, be a great one, this. At least this should get you out of going to China. Which, uh, <laughs> which I love. Like, you, you think these guys are on the ball, you know, these are multi millionaires. Brilliant. Th- this is how they're chatting. And uh, Trippier responds, Yeah, be quality, mate. More money than what I'm on now. Yeah, don't want to be going over there. And OH is, More money than you're on now is class. This is a real big payday opportunity. And mate, Spain is better to live in than Italy. Oh, and Trippier just responded at the end there. Yeah, be class, mate. <laughs> God, so just, oh. They're literally like us. No, exactly. they're not. We are oh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, so this is it's a bit incriminating, that one. Trippier saying, you know, the, the deal's nearly done, you know. We just need Daniel to get this sorted out, you know. And then we'll get a bit of Kieran's thoughts on the Chinese Super League. <laughs> he doesn't want to go over there, and his mate also hits Italy. But that's it was sort of out of nowhere. The Italy bit, wasn't yeah, it? I had to remember that. Got over that, yeah. And the Italy bit. They, there must have been another chat there at some stage. Uh, but there's this is the second text exchange between Trippier and his mate MB Matthew Brady, and this oh, is name this dropped. Is, yeah, this is incriminating. Uh, Matthew texts Kieran saying uh, Sorry I didn't see you before you left mate Was everything okay? Trippier It's okay mate, had to shoot off Yeah, everything was fine uh, Me and Jacob had a good day Did you have a nice day? Uh, MB 
yeah, it was nice, mate. My brother loved it. Let me know if I can do anything to help trips. Kieran, nice one, mate. And he's not he's given it the one as in the number. Uh, to which MB says, Shall I lump on you going there? Laughing emoji. <laughs> Out of nowhere, this. Uh, <laughs> Trevor uh, responds with four laughing emojis. Can do, mate. Uh, MB, 100% trips? Question mark. <laughs> Trippier, yeah, mate. Uh, MB then responds with some other emoji uh, that this document has said is in- ineligible, which I'm therefore <laughs> wondering which one it is, if <laughs> this one's been described as. Uh, so uh, Trippier responds, don't blame me if something goes wrong. It shouldn't, but just letting you know. Uh, MB, of course not. Don't be daft, mate. I'm only messing. Kieran uh, Trippier, lump on if you want, mate. Laughing emoji. MB. I'm nervous now. I think oh this whole thing's hilarious days. to me. Hi, Kieran Tripper here. I think the guy's nearly 30. Is what a load of nonsense. Well, there's a few things for me. First of all, like what happened to bring this to the FA's attention? So this what, what, is what happened. Well, it must have been through the, the, them putting it on and Ladbrokes but, or whatever going. But like Ladbrokes don't know who's friends with Kieran Trippier. That's the other. But sorry, if they were no the only ones, other gambling services are available. But <laughs> th- this is the point I make. How did this become a an incident for the FA to investigate? Secondly, do these people realise that if they picked up the phone and had this conversation with <laughs> Kieran Trippier, they'd probably be in the clear because there's no <laughs> record of that? Well, I'm, funny you should say that. Would we like to guess how much money criminal mastermind MB made here? <laughs> Probably, I can't say I'm putting one hundred quid on this. Less than Kieran Trippier's wages for a week. This guy made twenty pounds sterling. Oh my word! <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> twenty pounds. No, he didn't. And Kieran no, he didn't. has got a ten game ban and a seventy thousand pound fine. Can, can I ask Billy? How did you acquire these documents? This has all come out. Uh, FIFA have sent these out. Uh, so oh, ra- oh whenever, that's disappointing. Oh, okay. Whenever this whole trial... <laughs> I, th- I thought you coming. were going to have acquired them so- by some underhand means. Bailey's like, footy leaks or something? Yeah, I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting here on the phone with Assange. So I'm yeah. trying to get these... You know, This guy's trying to bring down like dictatorships around the world. And I go on here, mate. Do you mind getting me Kieran Trippier's text messages <laughs> over a few bets as mate's put on? Right. <laughs> So, with everything that's going on in the world, the FA have made a whole fuss and investigation over 20 quid. Love over, to see that. Over 20 quid. Love to see that. <laughs> we love the Because this, this is one of these things about this type of bet as well. Like, gambling companies know that this could happen, so most of them do have max stakes on this type of bet, and that's why this guy's only made 20 quid here. Oh, most I see, often, right, right. Most of them do know if you're putting out a transfer thing, someone close to that person is going to make easy money there. Mm. So there is a max thing of like 20 quid. That's yeah. why this guy, by the time he actually put it on. Lumped it on, as he said. Lumped, Lumped it, it as Kieran told him today. Lumped it. And he, he was nervous to do so. Mm. Even though Trippier's told him, no, 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 I'm heading there. I'm not going to China. Don't be worrying about that. Right, well, there you go. Kieran Trippier in the mud. Enjoy the 10-week ban. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, listen, we've mentioned it before, but again, you know, if you're in the UK or other parts of the world as well and you're stuck in lockdown right now, it's bloody annoying. Uh, Keep looking after yourselves, text your friends. Um, Premier League's back again this week, so at least um, the world starts to make a little bit more sense again. 
things go back to normal. Well, only some of the Premier League, Darren. Only yeah, it depends on teams' COVID stuff. We'll pick that all up next <sighs> week. Nonsense. <laughs> um, Emery there, Chris. Anyway, we'll, we'll be back next Wednesday to kick off the second half of the season. Look forward to chatting to you both then. Ready to roll. See you next week. <laughs>